Dr. Habib Singh podcast. It's a huge honor for me to have Dhanveer Singh on the podcast today. This is going to be a vitally important podcast. So make sure you like, um, subscribe, comment. Make sure you share this one with anyone who you know is affected by this uh, topic that we're going to be discussing today. Vaidhuji ka khalsa, Vaidhuji ki fate. How you doing, Dhanveer? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, Marv. Yeah, thank, thank you for agreeing to do this because it's a sensitive topic. But I was uh, thinking about it today, and I thought this is something that I don't know any up in our family who hasn't been impacted by this in some way, whether it's through a neighbor, a friend, or uh, you know, close at home in terms of a family member, um, a father. Um, so you know, it's very gracious of you to um, talk about this because it's it's a big saver. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, so sorry okay, about that. It's just a bit, might be a bit no, annoying. Okay. Um, can you take us back and tell us a bit of your background? So you're you're Scottish, yeah, now, yeah. unfortunately. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I grew, I grew. That's a that's a bonus. <laughs> you're very lucky to have a Scottish uh, brave but sick on uh, on your podcast today. If I said, yeah, so I was uh, born in Edinburgh, um, local lad. And uh, born in a Sikh family, but born more in Punjabi culture family, so a lot of partying, partying hard, and things, and you know that kind of stuff. So that's a, kind of my upbringing. But then Madhushipa, I got into Sikhi uh, around about the age of 23, so I took a sort of different path um, from my whole family actually. But Guru's good brothers, five of us, five uh, brothers, and uh, out of five of us, three of us took wow. Amrit. So it was a massive. You know, game changer in the house through through Guru's Kirpa. So a lot was went down that path. So spent a lot of time in the Gurdwara in the last sort of fifteen, sixteen years now, um, which has been really good. Um, but it had had his, his ups and downs as well, and I'll get to that uh, yeah, later on so the podcast. Uh, what drove you at twenty three to pivot and go down a different way of life to what you were seeing around you? I think it was just like more awareness of myself. If I'm very honest with you, I said as when. I was at a club one day. I'm not, you know, afraid to admit that. And I was at clubbing, and I was looking at myself in the reflection of one of the kind of glass mirrors in the in the club. And I could see this the star. I could see this dot. I used to tie it up, you know, as, as Punjabis do with the curvy grip and the fixo and all that. And I was looking at myself in the mirror, now and I saw, I've got this the star of the guru, and I've got this dot that Maharaj has blessed us with. And then I just thought I look like a sort of fraudster, you know. I'm in this club. You know, a place where I don't think it's good, safe to be for any, you know, any person, and especially things that go on. And I just thought this is not for me, and, and, I, and I'm, you know, joking myself for being in this club. Just seeing that reflection really changed my whole perspective. And then from that day, I says, I come home, I came home to my signy and my wife, and I says, you know what? I don't think I'm going to go back clubbing anymore. And the funny thing is, she was quite shocked when I said that to her because I think she suspected that was a thing that boys do. But it was like, no, I'm, I'm not going anymore. That's it. And she, she kept questioning me, but I said, I'm just content with what I've got. I'm happy with you. I'm happy with our kids. I'm just going to, and I had two kids at the time. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to, sorry, I had one kid at the time, one on the way. And I said, I'm just happy like this. I'm just going to stay away from there. And then that was it. I just started changing. And Guru's done so much Kirpa from there where I started reading Gurbani. Like Rera said, that was my first introduction to Gurbani was Rera's. Um, at the local at the Gurdwara, and then when I started listening to that, automatically the power of Bani just changed me, and I just started coming towards wow. Guru Sahib. 
Um, you were Bono, right? How's how's your experience of being like a case study with case precaution, like data precaution and Bono in, in Scotland? Did you know what? That's, that's the beauty. So a lot of Scottish heritage is very similar to Sikhi heritage as well. So they obviously in Scotland, they wear the kilts and it's all about the brave heart and they have the swords and things that skiing do, which is like a little sharp, uh, not a karpan, a dagger that's worn in oh, the wow. sock, um, which is called a hold in Scotland. So because of those reasons, I think it's, it's very easy and more accepting in, in Scotland, I would say, walking about like this. Uh, where, no disrespect, I've come to England a few times in a few areas that I've been with my banner on. I've had a wee bit different kind of looks, even though Sikhi's quite strong in England. And maybe maybe the banner's not more like on the streets compared to maybe like over here. I'm walking about in the streets of Edinburgh and it's got a small city, so I get noticed. But I've never had wow. any issues. But I think it's all the mindset. If you're confident and positive in what you've got on and you feel happy and you know with inside, I think that shows automatically that people then think, you know what, he's a nice guy, he's got a ban on, he's got a ban on, but he's a nice person and he's doing well and he's eating well. And I think that comes across if you just stay happy and smile. Do you get lots of questions about, you know, what are you, who are you? Yeah, I, I do, I do a lot. And I'm going to share one very quick story with you, Paisa, which is really important to, you, to your question, is that why it's so important to stay positive and stay confident within yourself with who you are, with your dara, your bana, your dastara, or whoever. Because I one time walked out of my, my apartment and um, there was these kind of young lads that came up to me and they obviously started laughing and calling me a few names. So one of the things they says was, oh, um, Aladdin, where's your carpet? You know, magic carpet. So, you know, as some, a Gursik one time says to me, if anybody ever, you know, comes across like that, don't be angry, think about the Guru at the time, and just, you know, I saw a smile. And what I did is I turned it into a little bit of a joke. So I turned around and said, today my carpet's actually in the garage, so I'm taking my car today. <laughs> and, and with that, because they heard my accent and thought, you know what, this guy's actually from Scotland, he's one of us, you know, he's from here, and he's got a Scottish accent. They then just laughed and they goes, oh, then they turned around and instead of, you know, dissing me they actually said oh we love what you've got on you look amazing take it easy mate and walked away you know so i just turned that negative into a positive just by you know being a bit humble and smiling and cracking a little bit of joke so if you come across a little aggressive and you know uptight you're going to get this hassle back but you won't if you just smile and just say something funny you That's know really and i learned that from my good guys <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah Apart from that, yeah, I get Marashkirpa, I got a lot of uh, good compliments from people just saying you look amazing. And I went to London once with my singing and uh, we're, we're going through the streets of London and she was dressed, you know, in normal kind of clothes as you do Western clothes and I had my banner on and I was getting stopped from loads of people in London City and, you know, just saying, wow, you look amazing, I love the colours and things like that. And it was funny because my wife goes, I'm here as well, you know, but it was just... I just says, well, that's it. That's Guru Skirpa. You know, nothing to do with me. It's all Guru Gobind Singh Ji Skirpa that blessed with such a beautiful rope. Why, why should we just destroy it or, you know, don't be that's proud amazing. of it? That's amazing. That's really inspiring. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, because fr from my experience, I think I, I'm probably a bit more hostile. You know, I'm probably looking for a fight in terms of, you know, someone giving me the wrong look <laughs> or, or saying something. And I think, <laughs> I think that does attract that type of energy to you if you're if you're hostile you're going to attract hostile people so i think i think that definitely definitely does uh make sense that's interesting i'm going to try and be a bit nicer and uh make some jokes um but yeah i, I find 
London, London. I find Scottish people lovely. By the way, I was I was making a joke um, at the start, but we've been to Scotland two times now to see a friend, Billy, who lives up there, and both times our experience has been has been wonderful. Um, right. So tell me about what happened with your health. Yeah, so it's been a year already. Uh, September the eleventh. Um, I was just working from home, you know, during the pandemic. So I work for Scottish government, so we've been working from home since last March 2020. And uh, it was on the sort of Wednesday, I think, which would have been the 9th. I started feeling something like in my kind of jaw, sort of neck area, but nothing that was really alarming me because I've always been quite a general kind of healthy kind of person. Well, I thought I was, you know, generally quite fitness levels, not bad as well. Um, Try to look after myself as much as I could. So I, I just kind of put it down to uh, heartburn. Like automatically, I just said it must be heartburn because it came straight after my lunch. So anyway, I just continued my working day and then it went away, you know, by itself sort of an hour later. So I thought, hello, TK, that's, that's okay. There's no issue. So the next day, Thursday, which would be the 10th, September, it came back again, similar time at lunchtime. So I was very confident this mm-hmm. must be heartburn. And again, same kind of feeling, sort of a neck area, more neck area, like almost like a burning sensation going down the neck uh, and sort of a little bit jaw as well but if I would say uncomfortable level I would say about six but pain I would say about two so it wasn't bothering me um, so I continued my day working I had a meeting with my boss at two o'clock and then I logged off that day about half past three a little bit earlier than normal because I was getting a bit agitated so I decided that I'll get some um, like heartburn t- uh, medicine so I got some uh, ready uh, sort of drink from the chemist downstairs from our house and then I drank that and as soon as I drank that the the, the feeling of that kind of had kind of settled down so then that made me just put two and two together and I got 20 I thought it must be heartburn it's rent it's, you know it's soothed now so I'm okay so I says to my wife just give me um, a couple of bits of toast tonight for, for dinner I'll keep it very light you know and that will be me and I'll have an early night and if I'm not well in the morning I'll phone the doctor on the Friday morning Anyway, so I went to bed about half nine after eating some toast. And I was, by this point, I started feeling a bit under the weather. So I knew it wasn't COVID because it wasn't those kind of symptoms. It was more like you get a flu symptom with the kind of sore shoulders, a little bit of back area. Um, and then again, I say the neck and the jaw. And again, I could feel a little bit here, but I was still confident it was heartburn. So I went to bed about 10 o'clock, half nine, 10 o'clock on the Thursday night. I was drinking loads of fluid, you know, like water and things, and obviously had the rennies and that as well. And then I woke up about half past 12, midnight, and I needed to go to the toilet. So I went to the, to the toilet and I came back in, and then my wife says, are you okay? And I says, well, not really. I think I'm going to phone NHS just to get a bit of peace of mind because I, I can't wait till Friday morning, actual morning in the morning. I'll just phone just now and see what they say. And um, described all the symptoms to them. Unfortunately... They never picked up on it because they did offer me an appointment at half past two in the morning to come in. So I goes, you know what, that will do. I'd rather go now than wait until the actual morning. Um, so I goes, okay, let's get ready. You can take me to the hospital, I said to my wife. So I started brushing my teeth, washing my face, and then I went to the mirror to tie a small, the star, like small case key turban. And then um, when I looked in the mirror, I looked really pale. But again, if I'm honest with you, even at this point, I never had it in my head that I was having a heart attack. Um, I just continued and then basically the first thing that I remember then was I was feeling a little bit faint 
But I did a first aid course back in 2017. And from that first aid course, I remember something when we were doing the first aid course was if your arm, left arm starts to get pain down it, it's a sign of a stroke or a heart attack. And at that point, I got that left arm kind of sensation, like pain kind of coming down the left arm. And as soon as I got that, I just quickly said to my wife, call the ambulance, because that was a sign for me. And that was the only point, I think, of those two days where I knew I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack here or something. Um, so anyway, they called the ambulance. How, how severe were your symptoms at that point? Sorry to interrupt you. Um, like out of 10? Yeah, no, no, no problem. So out of 10, I would say we were on about See, this is this is really interesting because historically like you hear about the whole arm pain thing and you know chest pain and arm pain but your presentation up until that point even if someone came to see me and i've been in clinician for 11 years i wouldn't my first thought would not be heart attack you know from you know neck tightness and discomfort in the neck and and at a six or seven um you know mm. it's a it just goes to show that it's not it's not it doesn't always my brother passed away of a heart attack as you know and he didn't have you know he had neck pain and he had a persistent cough but again those aren't the typical symptoms that you associate with he didn't have anything going into the arms so you know i, I read up after that that a persistent cough can be a sign chest pain in the back, middle of the back can be a sign you know i think it is really important for our, us to be aware that actually it's not always you don't always have to just have pain in the arm to think, okay, left arm to think, oh yeah, heart attack. And it doesn't need to be, you know, I feel like I'm going to die type of thing. It, it could be milder symptoms. Yeah, now that's really interesting. I'm glad you touched on that. I think this is important for this podcast that everybody, please do tune in and listen to this. It's really important that, you know, don't discard it thinking nothing's going on because it, be, it can be serious. And like you said, if I'm honest with you, I was continuing my days without thinking everything was okay, but really it wasn't. So I think we really got to be more attuned to this and more aware. So yeah. please do listen to what I'm saying. That it wasn't that bad. The, the other two things that I, I picked up on that stuck out to me is one: the evidence shows that men are, are much less uh, compliant in terms of going to the doctor. So if they have issues, they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine." And I think more so with our parents' generation, it was kind of that thing where you know, "Kushniwa, Kushniwa," just you know, you just keep going until you you literally like until you literally drop dead. Um, Right. And and so I think it's amazing that you actually were self-aware enough to think something's not right. I need to get this checked out because it could be serious, right? And you've got you've got family, you've got wife, you've got people who are relying on you. So you, you can't just be blasé about about your health. And I, I know that's easier to say, said than done because I, you know I, I I'm at, at fault as much as anybody else. The other thing is the the right. NHS in Scotland sounds brilliant. Um, because I've been in that scenario and where, you know, a child has been ill and we haven't been offered an appointment at like 2.30 in the morning. So, so um, you know, if you had gone back to sleep, you know, God forbid, or if you had just taken a, pe- uh, you know, Pepto-Bismol or something to help with the, something that may have masked the symptoms, it may have actually, um, you know, given you enough comfort for you go to go back to sleep and then, you know, you're not being picked up as quickly as, as it did so you know kudos to you and and bobby for like really uh, um, kicking things into high gear as soon as you as soon as you thought this isn't right yeah it's funny you said that but you're not the only person who's mentioned that the specialists the doctors the paramedics and everybody i've spoken to it says exact same thing that you says that you know my call was really good timing and but 
you know, that's so important to pick up that don't disregard anything that you think you're feeling and try to be a bit of a hero. And I think exactly what you say is, this goes back to our culture a little bit as well. Because it's true, you know, my parents is like, oh, you'll be okay, you know, tagraho, you know, what's wrong with the banda ban, all those kind of things. It's really gotten to our heads as, as, as you know, Asian men. And we think, no, we've got to be strong and oh, don't you go to the doctors, you don't need pills or nothing like that. But it's important, like I said, if you've got people who are reliant on you and you want to be here to be with them, then you have to be more aware of these kind of things. And that call for me was the most important call ever made. And they came so fast. Guru Skipa, the ambulance literally came like outside my house already. It was so fast. And they said, you know, if you're here now, don't worry. And then rushed to the hospital, obviously. And they did say that the hospital should have referred you to it straight away. But you know, I'm not holding any grudges on that. It is what it is. Um, but I got there in time and, you know, uh, and I've got a stent put in one stent and, uh, you know, fine, Maris Kippa, I feel fine after that. Very quick recovery. It just goes right? to show how... So when I went to see my brother when he passed away, um, the... I haven't told many people this. I don't, I don't know if anyone knows this. But um, they, didn't, they didn't tell us that he passed away because they don't want to tell you that news on the phone, right? So um, right. they said you need to come to the hospital. So we went to the hospital... And then when I got there, he was actually, they were trying, to, attempting to put a stent in. Um, to try, but, he, you know, they, it, it, was, it was too far gone and they couldn't. So it just shows you how, f- like, fine the line is between potentially, like, somebody making a recovery and, you know, you know God's grace, you're here today. Um, and somebody where it's not picked up immediately or somebody doesn't seek medical attention and things get delayed or you know then maybe they they failed by you know their healthcare providers um, because the you know it's not a typical presentation particularly in the last year the NHS has been swamped so you know it's it's um, it's uh, it's difficult to provide healthcare to 52 million people um, with, with uh, especially when the the, the services overloaded. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's mind blowing to think that actually a few little differences here or there, and you know you might not be here today. So, so um, yeah, it's, it's got really God's grace. Um, yeah, I know, it definitely is. Were, were you shocked when they when they like it? Can't you realize actually you had a heart attack? Because you're you're vegetarian, you're fit, you're you know you don't smoke, you don't take cocaine. You don't have like any of the typical risk risk factors of of a heart attack, and you're young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was really shocked to be honest with you. It took about two weeks for it to sink in. Obviously, when I when I knew when I felt the left arm thing, I had a feeling I was having a heart attack, and I felt a little bit faint. But it's only till she actually said it, the lady, the paramedic, the ECG machine on me, saying that you're actually having a heart attack. That's only really when it sank in. I remember saying one thing at that point, and I said, Why grew? Why grew wonders creator God? If anybody's watching, he doesn't understand the language. I said, Why grew? I'm going nowhere. And that's, I remember saying that to myself. And then as that point, I just thought, You know, what, what can I do? So I just started reciting job, he said. And um, I just kept doing that on the way to the ambulance, on the way to the hospital, until I basically got to the hospital. But yeah, I was shocked. So two weeks sort of embedding, like, what's actually happened here? And why? I had a lot of why me. To be honest, but you know, I'm very thankful. I had a very good, you know, uh, network of people around me. Yourself, I said you spoke to me. I had, you know, a couple of things from London who were really, you know, because I was like questioning myself, like, 
Because I, I, one of the fittest people I know um, is, a, is a Caucasian lady who, you know, she runs marathons, eats the cleanest, and she has high cholesterol. And it's not actually anything to do with her lifestyle because her lifestyle couldn't possibly be any better. But regardless of what she does in terms of her lifestyle intervention, it, her genetics are such that she has dangerously high cholesterol. Um, so... You know, it's it's not a not necessarily something that somebody's doing in their lifestyle. We are as Asian males in a high risk population group. So do take it seriously. Don't think, you know, you know, I, I'm in a park runs once, I'll be alright. Uh you really gotta you really gotta keep an eye on this stuff and you know, check your blood pressure, you know infrequently but you know maybe once a month or something just make sure that you get a, get a blood test done for hyperlipidemia like once once a year you everyone is justifiably allowed to do that because we're in a high risk category the people are going to be listening to this so so do um especially if you have a family history if, if there's anybody in your family who has high blood pressure or has had a stroke or heart attack in the past um right, i'll get off my soapbox now um <laughs> Is there anything that helped you during that right. period? Because I'm thinking about myself. If that had happened to me, I would be in the hospital bed and I'd be a bit kind of down in the dumps uh, about that. You mentioned, you, you touched on that, but is there any particular like resources, people, things that people said that kind of helped you? I think uh, I think a lot of that, 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 you know, that maybe it's a saver as well, that kind of helped me. But I know people might find it hard to understand, but it did really help me hearing that from a thing that, you know, maybe because... Like what you says, and it's true. When you see this kind of parity of under someone's a bit overweight and they not, don't eat very well, they think, "Oh, it's happened to them because of that reason." But like you just said, it's not necessarily the case because you're talking about your friend who's really fit and, and she's got high cholesterol, and that's what I had high cholesterol. So my cholesterol was set at 7.3, and anything over five, they say, is quite dangerous. Maris Kirpa had a blood test done last week, and I got the results, and it's 3.7 wow. now. So you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really, really happy with that. But I think, yeah, I think just keeping a positive mindset. And I think if you, you know, if you manage to come to the other end, take it a bit serious as well. Like make those changes. Because one thing I heard from my rehab lady after I came out from the hospital was that, which is another helpful resource, is rehab. You know, they give you, they offer it. It's not uh, mandatory, but I, I took it because I, I was keen to take anything that I could at the time because I knew I was going to be off work as well anyway for a few weeks. So I took the rehab kind of course, if you want to call it that, sessions. And uh, she was really helpful just, you know, saying, you know, please do take the serious because you'll be surprised how many people come out of hospital and literally are in the next few months later on because they don't take things seriously. 
So I think that was a real wake-up call for me. And like again, what you touched at the start, it was I can't be selfish here. I need to think about my wife, my kids, my family around me. I thought, no, no, I need to really, you know. So after getting my head around it in maybe two, three weeks, I just kind of said, you know what, right, none of this crash diet course, none of this, I'm going to do a lifestyle change. So I made some tweaks, really good tweaks, I think. And then that's, I think, made me more positive in, in my mindset now. Yeah, so firstly, well done to you. That's, that's incredible that you heeded that, you put warning from the universe and, and, and made that change. I know you personally, so I know that your, your diet and your lifestyle wasn't, that, wasn't bad in the first place. So I think people will be really interested to hear what tweaks, because you mentioned the change in your cholesterol, you pretty much halved your cholesterol um, in terms of yeah. the, the, the bad cholesterol. Um, so can you talk us through, give us a bit of an overview uh, in relation to the changes that you made. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad you said that because it's true. The reason I use the word tweaks because it is tweaks and like by said, I'm you know, very fortunate to work with them in the past. I think what it is for me was the tweaks were really about the snacking side of things and I'm not saying I was a big snacker. So maybe lie to you a few times in some of the, the conversations we had, but I think the issues like sugar, for example, I've got quite a sweet tooth. That wasn't mean I was binging on sweets because I'm nothing like that. I'm very health conscious. I always have been. But I think it was just saying to myself, okay, right, if I'm going to have a treat, for example, my tweak was going to be this, that if I'm having one sweet, I normally used to have three, I'm only going to stick to the one. I think before I would have three maybe sweets, I now have one sweet if I do want to have it. That's one of the tweaks that I've made. The other one is that I've just cut back on, like, so I was quite naughty in the morning sometimes with breakfast time. I used to like having kind of like veggie sausage rolls and all that kind of stuff. So I'd like to say one of the massive tweaks I did was the day that I, I had my heart attack. My, one of my meals that day was a vegan steak bake from uh, Greg's. And I just wanted to say I haven't been back to Greg's ever since. So that was my first, that was my last Greg's in 2020 in September. I haven't been back once, honest to God. So guys, stay away from Greg's because the saturated fat and one of those pasties is like 60% of your saturated fat for the day. And that is ridiculous. If you haven't one of them, Plus your, you know, your dinner and your breakfast and all that. You're just, you're just killing yourself with saturated fats. So the tweak is, I really cut out sugar from my diet. So I stopped putting it in my tea. I stopped putting it in my coffee. I've stopped all the kind of savoury, you know, the kind of like um, sugary snacks like the donuts, all that. Not that I was having that, you know, regularly, but I was having it. I'm not going to lie, but it's more now. I'm having it as a treat. So when I have like, if I'm going to have something like a cake thing, or maybe once every two weeks. If I'm having a sweet, it's maybe once every few days. And I'm talking about a sweet, you know, and so that's my tweaks. That's the discipline side of it, which is, can be hard for some people to accept. And then another, another thing, massive, another tweak I would say, I keep saying massive, but tweaks a small word to use, but the thing as I say, which is quite important, is just cutting down of what I am eating. So if I'm eating, like, for example, my prashadda, my dinner at night, I'm just having less portion sizes, you know, more controlled kind of mannerism. It's like, you know what? That's me done, don't put me anymore, and I stopped there. That's what I would say, that's probably my biggest thing that I've done through my that's amazing. Uh, you know, year. You know, there's all these things out there, and the two things that you did was cut out snacks, or reduce snacks, and reduce yeah. portion size. It's incredible. It's the simple things that you know, that, that work. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so amazing. Simple. And then the last thing, Paisa, I'm sorry, to add to the food side was, I just upped my kind of like fresh even though I'm vegetarian, up my kind of fresh fruit and veg. So 
I buy those themed veg packets and what I'll do is at lunchtime, instead of snacking on like sandwiches and all, I just, this is my probably like sad side of things that people might think I'm not doing that. That's up to you, but I'm just telling you what I do at lunchtime. Sometimes I just pour that bag into a plate with broccoli, carrots, peas, sweet corn, just mixed up, a bit of like uh, pepper on top of it. And I just have that sometimes as a snack in the afternoon just to get me through the day. And it's good. It's good for you and I don't mind it, you know. And you can add things in like, you know, if you want like a veggie burger or something like that, you know, grilled. That's okay as well. But sometimes I have that at lunchtime just to get myself through the day. But I'm kind of like a two-meal guy now, you know, in the, in the recent kind of times. That's amazing. And <laughs> I, I know that probably sounds, like you said, difficult for most people to most people to do habitually but you know if you've if you've had a serious health event like it just goes to show how how important you've taken this because if you just went back to eating greggs every day not that you ate every day but you know what i mean it, it it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a missed opportunity for a transformation and and exactly. say about that you're doing you wouldn't be able to do it so effectively if you hadn't changed so dramatically dram- dramatically yourself and 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 going back to the kind of crux of it is you know like you've got kids you want to show your kids that actually i i would personally want to show my kids that i did everything that i could do so you know everything's in god's hands but in terms of what's in my hands like what i put in my mouth i did my absolute best to to kind of remedy that so you know, it's yeah. amazing. Um, can you walk us? Can you walk us through like a, a sample diet plan? So I know people love that kind of stuff. Uh, what do you kind of eat yeah. from morning to night? No problem. So my morning, which reminds me of bicep, is uh, I love. So I, you know what? This is so sad for some people again because I know I, I've, especially in my own family circles, they, they 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 cringe when I tell them this, but it's so nice. So my morning breakfast is porridge with semi-skim milk i tried it with water and i almost felt sick and i don't do not recommend it but i seen one of my uh, bodybuilding cousins having it and i tried to give it a go and it's the worst thing i ever did so anyway <laughs> semi-skim milk with or uh, the oats uh scots good scots oats and then once that's cooked i put on chia seeds um i put on i, I stir it with peanut butter one spoon of peanut butter but I make sure it's uh, one without palm oil so look for that one, which is I think Meriden or something it's yes. called. So this palm oil is bad for you if you obviously especially you've got um, high cholesterol. So so peanut butter, one spoon of that, chia seeds, and then just to finish it off, which I completely love, is a one teaspoon of honey and then some frozen blueberries. One of the best things, game changer. If I thank for that. So that's my morning breakfast, and I absolutely love it, and I look forward to it in the morning. To be honest, so it's so tasty. And then my lunchtime, like I said, it could be either skip lunch or I'll just have like, because I'm training now, I'm in, I'm in back into the gym, Guru Skipper. I'll have like, um, if I'm not on gym day, I'll have like, I'm saying bag of vegetables and maybe like a veggie burger or something sometimes. If I'm training, I'll have that, plus I'll have like a protein shake, maybe a couple of bananas with some protein powder and some, again, a bit blueberries in there. And I'll, I'll just bang that before I go to the gym. And that's kind of my extra calories, but good stuff. So that's what I have on a gym day, and then my night time, I'll come back, and uh, I've kind of cut down from two pashadi, two japatis, two roti, two one. Um, but sometimes I'll have a gym day, I might have two because I'm not having nothing else in the day, so I feel really rewarding that I can have those two pashadi. So I'll have two roti with 
a little bit of whatever's made, so whether it's mixed veg or dal or you know, whatever it is, just a little bit of that. And once that roti's finished, that's me done. There's no, and I've got, I've got salad with it. I'll have loads of salad with it as well. So like lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers. And if I've got any subji left, any kind of food left over, then I'll just use the salad to eat all that. I just will not go for another roti, but two is my max. If I've, if I've no, I deserve it that day, I'll have two, but most time I'll have one. That's one of my changes I've made. I went from two to one, even though I could probably afford to do the two, especially my weight that I've lost. I'm just happy with the one just now, unless I'm really hungry or I've done a heavy gym session that day. How much weight have you lost at your heaviest to, light, uh, to lightest? Yeah, so I was 11 and a half stone, um, which I think 73 kg, and I'm now nine and a half, no, nine stone. So I lost two and a half stone, which I think is about 13 kg, 14 kg, or something, or 15 kg actually. So I've lost two and a half stone, but 15 kg. So I'm nine stone now from 11 and a half. I think there's eight kg in a stone, so I think you lost two stones, about that much. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Incredible, and and you did that without right. exercise, right? Like it sounds like it was predominantly through diet. It was just most. I would say eighty percent through diet, and then the rest was just strolling, like walks. It was just walks. So every 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 day I went for at least. When it started, it was very slow, obviously, because what happened. But then when I got into it, it was every day at least thirty minute walk minimum, thirty minute minimum, and then. Sometimes onto an hour, depending about company or something. Do you know how many steps you were getting in on, like? Yeah, yeah, I was keeping a track of that because I was doing minimum ten thousand. I know that every ten thousand magic number, but there was some days I was doing sixteen thousand wow. steps. But that's when I really got into the walking with one of my cousins who lives around the corner from me. He would go for a walk with me as well, and we used to do like hour and a half walk, which was almost about fifteen thousand steps, something that's like amazing. that. Amazing. And and again, that's such yeah. simple intervention, right? Like going for a walk with a family member, so you get to have a chat and catch up, and you know, get some soul food, and you get some good stuff for the body as well, just without straining, without hammering your joints. So so underrated, so underrated. <laughs> yeah, incredible. That's amazing. Um, how did how did you like? Uh, I'm trying to think of the the next logical question to ask um how, how did your family kind of um deal with deal with this stuff this, i know what my mom would be like she'd be like <laughs> yeah, that's why this happened to you <laughs> you know what funny you say that it's a very good question because my mom and dad are very very strong people guru's very strong my nanni ji um, if i'm late my mom's mom who's passed away a few years ago she was a very strong person and she, that, I think that strong strength has went to my mum and I think a little bit to myself as well. So my mum and dad were actually very supportive. I think without them, I would have really struggled. They were around every day, you know, and really strong and, you know, kind of embracing me and just saying, don't worry, you know, just you'll be okay, these things happen. And, you know, really good. The only thing that my mum and dad struggled with, and I'm not scared to, you know, share this, is that they are a little bit old school when it comes to sharing these kind of things. So. It took me so long to do this because my mum and dad are very against sort of talking about these kind of things. But I'm a big believer, in, especially being a Gursik as well, that if you can't share your problems, it can't. You know that whole saying, "Problem shares a problem half." Mm -hmm. It's only half if you're sharing it with someone. Mm -hmm. If you can't share your experience with someone, how are they going to learn from it? So then it's only going to be half if they learn from your experience. So I stubbornly, you know, had a conversation with my wife. I said, "I need to do what I need to do." 
it's really important for me. No one's in control of my life, how long I'm going to live. But one thing I can do is share my experiences so someone can maybe live, live from my experience, you know, and I had to just do it. So, yeah, 100%. that's what I'm doing. 100%. Like, um, unfortunately, I think our community is quite closed on, uh, on a lot of topics. They kind of just like to pretend like they don't happen. But like you said, nobody can benefit if you weren't doing this. Nobody who you don't know what impact, what ripple effect is going to have. Someone could listen to this and they could just change their breakfast, but you don't know what impact that's going to have on their longevity and, and their lifespan. Or, or someone may that share this with someone who's gone through um, and had something similar. They may think, well, look, look at this guy now. You know, he's he's lost two stones. He's full of life and energy. He's helping other people through his experience. So if he can do it, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can make something of this. So, you know, unfortunately, people do go the other way. I, I know somebody who had a heart attack, and he said, "If I'm going to die, I might as well enjoy my life." And he he went on to, you know, a, a binge which lasted a while until he actually um, passed away. Unfortunately, so right. so um, it, it is nice to have role models to have people to who've been through similar situations that we can relate to and we can see that this person's done something good from it. Mm, um, definitely. Yeah, so anything else that you think is relevant that you want to share? I'm going to have a look at the other questions that came through. Yeah, well, there was, someone asked the question, and what was I thinking at that point when I thought I was going to die? <laughs> and that was quite a strong question, but I'll answer it because it's a nice thing who asked it. And, you know... If I'm honest with you, I, I, I never thought about that. I just said, that's why at the start of this video, I said, why, Guru, I'm going nowhere. Mm. You know, I just said, I'm not going nowhere. You're not taking me yet. So I, I think I had that in my head. But if I'm honest, again, Guru Skirpa, through my mom and dad, through my, my Naniji, I'm quite a strong-minded person as well. And I, and I never, it never even crossed my mind. I just said, I just said that I'm, just, I'm not going nowhere. And that's all I said. And I just think that strength of me thinking that, you know, got me through it, tell you the truth. That's really interesting. I, I'm I'm studying something called the nocebo effect, which is the opposite of placebo effect. Placebo is when you think something good is going to happen, and it happens even though the substance you're taking or the intervention is innate. It doesn't have any power. Like it, it's um like they might give you a sugar pill and say it's a treatment for cancer, and your cancer gets better. So that's that's known yeah. as the placebo effect. Well, the nocebo effect is when you say something or you think something bad's going to happen and it actually happens because you thought something bad was going to happen so they've they've had um numerous examples of this and people should definitely look it up because the the power of this like um is incredible one of the examples of this was uh they they um they got school children and and this is a famous experiment so they one of the teachers said to the the children that the blue-eyed children are inferior to the brown-eyed children. The brown-eyed children are superior and they're going to be smarter and they're going to be better at maths and they're going to be better at um, reading and writing. And this this, um, this kind of uh, this programming of language, this programming of thought had an impact. So that's more of an example of placebo effect, but in terms of nocebo effect, they might give somebody a sugar pill and say, um, you're going to vomit a lot of people vomit when they take the sugar pill and actually the person thinks that this is a side effect of the drug I'm taking they take they take the drug and they start vomiting where there was actually there's actually nothing in the drug um, there's a famous case where where coke lost something like 250 million 
because they had to recall all of their drinks because somebody had a drink and they said they got food poisoning from it. Other children started getting sick and ending up in hospital. So there was this massive scare and they had to recall all of their coke, whereas actually there was nothing wrong with their coke. It was just some, it was, you know, somebody felt that it was the coke that was doing it. Um, that sounds very powerful. <laughs> um, so someone's asked early signs. So with yourself, there was it, it was there was no real early signs. You know, it kind of came on when it came on, right? Over a period of what twenty four hours, and yeah, yeah, that was it. Just on the day, that pretty much on the day, just the day before, nothing before that at all. No, no, like things that made me alarmed that something's happening at all. And, and prior to that, were your energy levels was everything kind of normal? Were your sleep everything kind of pretty much consistent? If I'm honest with you, when when we look back. Myself and my Signy were talking about this. I think I did look a bit like Kamjor, a little bit kind of like weak looking in the face. I remember um, being at a family engagement, um, I think about two weeks before that. And if you look at my face and some of the pictures, I do look quite like ill. So I don't know inside if anything was going wrong and I never knew, but I did look a bit like compared to Marius Kripa where I look now. Mm. I looked really down, I think, and I think maybe there was something going on that I wasn't really aware of and it's making me feel that kind of like drained almost. But in general, if I'm honest, which is really weird, in 2020, I was cycling quite a lot. I was doing a lot of cycling, and obviously with the pandemic, everything being locked down, I was walking a lot and cycling a lot. So fitness levels were okay. It wasn't nothing like that was, I can't do this anymore. So it's a bit of strange on that place. Yeah. But I never felt anything odd, no. Which is which is a uh, really important. It's important for people to notice that there may be no signs. Um, yeah. Someone else has asked what are the biggest causes of of heart attack. So, in your case, they they were known. None, the biggest risk factor is you don't. None of them apply to you, so you don't have like you don't have a cocaine addiction. You don't. You, you're not alcoholic. You're not smoker. Um, you're not obese. You're not um, past a certain age. You don't have a hormonal issue, so um, um, so it's uh, it, it just goes to show again that. And do you have a family history? Is there any, like without getting too personal? Is there anybody in the family who's had this? To be honest, like my mum's side, there's a little bit, um, but nothing, nothing no, major. No, nothing like immediate family, like within. My mum's side, my mum's had a little bit, like my my mum, my basically, but. That's it, really. Nothing, not no one else. So it was again quite like I took a long time to get my head around that because I was kind of trying to think of things that give me reason of why it happened, but not really, not really. Yeah, not on my dad's side. So yeah, I'm not sure. So I, in your instance, without being a cardiologist or a doctor of, of um, who knows about this stuff, uh, it sounds like hyperlipidemia, which is more of a genetic predisposition to accumulating bad cholesterol um so you wouldn't have known that you you know so so um it's it's not always a lifestyle that's that's doing it which is an important take-home message we're all at risk as as males our age group um we're all at risk and you hear about in footballers right these these guys train eight hours a day um and they they have uh myocardial infarctions like you know they have potential heart defects that are undiagnosed. They have, you know, there's there's a lot of lot of this stuff that happens. So so do take heart health seriously. Is there any advice that you would give to like I when I when my brother had a heart attack, I started getting everything checked because I thought 
I don't want to, I don't want, you know, this to happen to me as well and then leave mm-hmm. my brother's kids and my kids and, and my wife and my mom behind. Um, so I had a number of tests done and fortunately I worked at the hospital so it was easier to arrange and easier for them to look after me. But, and mm-hmm. I have some friends who are doctors and they, they were able to refer me. But there's usually in 24-hour, well, there's 72-hour ECG, uh, 24-hour blood pressure monitor. There's a stress test that they can do where they put you on a treadmill to check how your heart responds. There's a there's a MRI that they can do to see the blood vessels of the heart, how those are functioning. So there are a number of tests that people can have done. Um, what would you recommend, let's say, if if you're a male, similar, you know, similar age to us, have kids, and you're concerned that you want to know whether you might have something wrong with the heart, what, what would you recommend? I would definitely make an appointment to the doctor. And, and, and I, I realize you could use that excuse of being, on, especially if you're any Asian, Asian male watching this video, I would recommend going along with that, you know, under your belt, say I'm an Asian, I'm a male, and, and or even say it's in my family. I know it's a wee bit of a white lie, but... The thing is, I think definitely get your blood pressure checked and then just go for a simple cholesterol check and 100%. I think at least that's of what's going on because it's so, two days you get your results back. At least you know where you are and you know in life because, uh, you know, my brother won't mind me sharing this, but my, obviously I've got four big brothers and after what happened to me, you know, it prompted them to go and get checked and my brother above me, um, he's been told he's got high cholesterol so he's made a lot of lifestyle changes as well and Guru Skirpa his cholesterol is now kind of, you know, a manageable level and stuff without tablets or nothing like that. So, you know, I think it's really important. It's simple test, couple of tests, go to the doctor and just advise them you want to get checked out. And just that's the best advice I can give. Yeah, definitely. And I think most people do have a family history. I have an uncle, my father, who had a stroke, so slightly, slightly different. Uh, my brother, so, you know, and, and that, that's my family, but there will be there will be a family history in most I think um, uh, South yeah. Asian families so that that's definitely justification in itself like you said it's very it's not invasive it's a fasted um, test to check your cholesterol that they'll do or they'll probably do they'll probably check your diabetes so they'll probably do HbA1c yeah. to check your diabetes as well as yeah. your cholesterol because if you have diabetes you have higher risk of this type of stuff so they'll check both, and that's you know a simple blood test to check both, and uh, it's justifiable being in a higher risk group to get that done. You don't have to have symptoms, uh, and yeah. that along with blood pressure, I think, um, is um, you know even if it's once a month, just to keep an eye on that. Um, did you notice? I don't know if you wear a Fitbit or anything like that. Did you notice any changes in your in your pulse or? I know you don't have any symptoms, but I, I'm always interested when, when we check pulse in the clinic sometimes when people have left-sided p- pain, I'll check their blood pressure, check their pulse. But I don't know whether actually pre, my, uh, pre-heart attack, also known as myocardial infarction, whether there would be any raise in pulse or whether physiologically everything would be pretty much the same. So it's, it's funny you say that and you ask that question. This is, this is embarrassing, but I don't mind telling you. So I wear an Apple Watch, right? And I've had an Apple Watch for years now. And you would not believe this, the the functions that should have been on 
could have potentially picked up on an irregular heart rhythm, but that that basically in my watch was turned off because what happened was I recently changed watch last year just before my heart attack and the, the preferences that were on in the old watch never flew, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of transferred across. Transferred the new, yeah, it never came over to the new watch. So those settings were turned off. So I'm not sure. I think personally from the experience of using the Apple Watch, I think it could have picked up an irregular heart rhythm because I remember once in my old work when I was having my leaving um, speech done for my manager, which got quite emotional when I was leaving that department. I got quite emotional as well listening to what he was saying. That I, I got a ping on my watch just a few years ago and it says um, unusual heart beat detected for this time because it oh. went up because I was I was getting a bit um, emotional and obviously a bit like uh, uh, what do you call it. Um, a bit anxiety, like, because I knew I was going to have to speak next, and he was getting upset, and my heart, so I know the watch worked really well, and I, and I, and I kicked myself for it, but I think if that ECG setting was on, it might have picked up on a regular heart rhythm as well, but I don't know, you know, I'm never going to know, and I don't want to know anymore, but it has turned on now anyway. Um, but it, it was turned, it was turned off. <laughs> I think that's an amazing thing. It's amazing how technology is going to play a, a more and more important role in our lives. And if 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 they if that feature is there, then we should all definitely have it turned on. If you have uh, a watch with that capability, if you have a high risk, uh, if you're in the high risk category, why not buy the watch? I mean, it's a couple hundred pounds. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's better than getting, yeah. And and um, and then you have that you have that kind of backup there. And I, I know of actually dogs, they can train dogs to detect for heart attacks. There's actually, um, okay. yeah, awesome. it's incredible. And uh, they can alert, like they can get help for you and things like that. They um, There's actually an episode uh, run by, there's a series run by The, the Rock and, um, and he gets people to do these fitness challenges type thing. And it's on Netflix, can't remember the name. If you yeah. if you do remember the name, leave it in the comment section. And there's a guy on there who had a heart attack. So the the health service in America gave him this dog, and the dog stays with him. And if he's if it's release if his body is releasing those hormones that indicate a heart attack, I think it's creatine or, or something creatine levels. Or when when his body is secreting that, there must be an odor that only dogs can detect. And so his dog will will. Flag him, flag it up that this is happening, and and he has a button on him which I think the human presses or something like that. It's it's incredible, it's incredible. Is it? well, and, and with technology, the integration of technology. If, imagine your watch could alert emergency services, you know, and, and before, you know start while you're asleep, and someone could come to your door, and you know we're not far, we're not far off that at all. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. At the moment, if you fall over, the Apple Watch does detect a fall wow. and calls ambulance. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. If you fall over hard you know, and your arm hits the floor hard, it starts saying "going to dial." Obviously, emergency services. And if you're okay, you just cancel it. But obviously, if you're not okay, then it will just call. Wow. So when we're kind of there already with that, but the thing what you said that would be the next thing. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. It's mind blowing. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to ask you about uh, that, that early. I wanted to ask you about the early signs, mm -hmm. and I think that's. That, 
that with my with my brother, he actually my my sister in law. I, I hope she won't mind me sharing, but she actually went to dinner with him a few days before. Actually, I think it's a few weeks before he passed away, and um, he was saying, "Oh, look at my pulse," and his pulse was a hundred or so, which is which is a very high resting heart rate. And she said, "Oh, you know, you need to go to the doctors." And he said, "Yeah, I will." And um, and and so with him, in his case, I think it did. There were some irregularities, and my point was that with with the heart, there might be signs signs and symptoms. There might not be, but with heart stuff, from what was explained to me when I had all my checks done, is you either have a plumbing issue, which is your pipes get blocked and then the heart mm. doesn't get enough blood and you can have a heart attack because the heart isn't getting enough blood and it freaks out, stops working. So that, that's one mechanism. And the other mechanism is the electronics issue. So the, the wiring um, isn't, isn't working as such. So the, the heart isn't pumping the right way. And so the, the change in the conductivity and the way the impulse is being generated and the way it's being communicated around the heart can cause the heart to kind of misfire and that can cause a heart attack as well so I think there's there's different kind of mechanisms some people have uh, the electrics issue and they get pacemaker put in to, to monitor that and correct it and other people, and often people will have a plumbing issue and for that they would need a stent to open up the artery or or they would need a bypass to um, uh, replace those blood vessels to to supply blood to the heart because every every organ every cell in our body needs blood to function effectively so i don't know if that made any sense to anybody but if it didn't just ignore that part <laughs> listen to everything that you said but i i wanted to really take a deep dive into this topic uh, and from a from a everyday person's perspective which is our perspective because i i think mm -hmm. it's going to be of value to people who've been through it or who potentially know somebody who's been through it um anything you mm -hmm. want to add um, no, I think that's really covered a lot, lot of points, and I just hope that anybody who is tuned in to watch this, you know, just take stock of your own life and think about it, and don't be selfish and go for those tests. Don't try to play that game of, no, I'm a man, I don't need to go to the doctor, nothing like that. And don't think it's never going to happen to me either, because you just don't know, you know, and please don't think like that. And I, I really do that, baby, that, you know, request, don't think it's never going to happen to you, because you just don't know, because I never thought about it. You know, ever in my life, I was going to have a heart attack either. So I thought I was invincible, if I'm honest with you. So, you know, please do take this serious. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what about what you're working on at the moment with your work. Um, Instagram. Work-wise, uh, I work in the Scottish government. Amazing job. I'm quite blessed to be working in government and helping a lot of people, especially through the pandemic. So I work in the third sector unit. So we help other like organisations like third sector, like charities, organisations, social enterprise, um, like fund them, you know. So it's a real rewarding kind of job to see the results of people, you know, getting funding from government. That's amazing. That's part of my role. And with the Instagram stuff and motivational speaking, how's, can you tell me about that? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's been really good. So it's just... I think I've always wanted to do something like that, but I, I hated social media, to be honest. And in a way, when I say hate, I never like, I'd rather be, you know, face to face public engagement. I've always done things like that school, talk, universities, colleges, churches, police stations, everything. I've, you know, Guru Skirpa, I managed to get around. 
um, and traveling way up north and everything to different schools as well that who've never even seen a Sikh in their life. So wow. I've done a lot of that pre-pandemic. Um, but obviously, during the pandemic, a lot of that stopped. So I just thought, let's come online. And, you know, and I, and I say this humble as possible, and those who know me will know I'm not trying to be egotistic here, but I've always been told from people, I've got a wee bit of a gift of speaking or, you know, maybe engaging the people. And they says, why don't you go online and start making some, some, some videos and things like that? So I thought, I'll give it a try, you know. And I think last year made me realise that, you know, you don't know how long you've got left, so use the time wisely. So I thought, if I can get some videos out there, people can change it. And that's, you know, I've done, done a bit of saver as well. So I'm just jumping in the back of the bandwagon of the social media because you've got no choice at the moment because there's not been much public engagement, you know, happening for, for me at the moment. That's, that's incredible and I'll leave links to all of the, the stuff that you've put out I'll leave a link to YouTube and Instagram as well so people can um, check that out and it's, it's definitely if you they, if you want to hear more for, from Bali then that's the, that's the place to go that's the place to, to learn more um, if you had to give one piece of advice to a younger person who may be watching this and it's a very general question what one piece of advice would, it, would that be? Just honestly, stay positive. Always stay positive. That's my always. That's my favorite word because you know it's been a very hard year with a lot of negative things going on. Just stay positive, and I think if you have a positive mindset, it'll let you do anything you want. You know, it'll let you conquer everything. Your your training, your discipline, everything. Positivity is the key. Honestly, I can't say that enough. Stay positive. And and to add to that, how can people practice positivity? Is that in in is it is it reactive so when you have a negative thought putting a positive spin on it is it you know journaling like how how do you instill that in a character where you might not naturally be a positive person well you know you're bang on what you just said that it's, it's trying to I'm, I'm quite a reactive person so if something happens i always think for a split second is it worth crying over is it worth getting upset is it worth getting angry i think no really you know i, I I always use the pun here, wear my heart on my sleeve. And I think for me is that life is too short to just hold grudges and be horrible. And, you know, like, you see it all the time as well on social media. There's so many, like, negativity on social media as well. So I'm quite a reactive person. If I see something negative, I just try to spin it around and put it into a positive frame, mindset. And then, you know what? It could always be worse. Always think about it could always be worse. And you know what? Like you said earlier on, by said, is that, you got to take control yourself as well sometimes. As much we don't know, you know, all in wide goes hands, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But there's things you can do yourself that can just take control of your own life and make those changes. 100%. You can't, you can't blame God for, like, you know, uh, binging on a whole exactly. pizza. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's it. So, yeah, just try to turn anything I hear negative, just try to think, is it worth it? Just take it and spit it out like you know, orange peel, eat the orange inside, take the orange and leave the peel behind, you know. It's amazing. This has been a wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed it. So uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your candor and um, your, your warmth. And uh, like you said, wearing your heart on your sleeve, that really comes through in your conversation. So I hope people connect with you. I hope they follow your journey and I hope they get inspired by it and it changes and saves lives. All right. Thanks, Spicer. Okay. Okay. Why did you get cancer? Why did you get cancer? Why did you get cancer?